Assalamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi man wala. All right, when a billy goat in the uh, top of the mountain is being hunted down, uh, how does it save itself? It throws itself off the mountain because a billy goat can survive the mountain, uh, but the, the cats can't. Yeah, it literally tosses itself, <laughs> and it knows how to go down the mountain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the uh, now I love this um, post here. Let me read it for you. I've said this a million times that the diversity of the West, when the West talks about diversity, it's it's literally just diversity of skin colors or ethnicities, but it's never diversity of beliefs. All right, Believers Hub. This sister, I don't know who she is. I think she's uh, an Egyptian sister from Canada. Sheer posts are really strong, right? She says one cannot claim her, her tag is at Believer's Hub on Instagram. And she says one cannot claim the Western demographic ruling system is unique due to pluralism. Guaranteeing inclusivity and nonconformity. Western pluralism is pluralism only within the confines of its own ideology. In other words, madahib within the same ideology. That's essentially what she's saying. Western pluralism is madahib within the same ideology. It does not allow for that for the coexistence of conflicting ideas. Okay, the West does not allow or accept. And by the way, I have no problem with that. But just claim it how it is, and that's a beauty. Like in Islam, we claim it how it is, that we can have tolerance for opinions in the dhanni matters, upon which there's no ijma, but on the qatayat, there's no tolerance for rejecting any of them. She says, what the West does not allow or accept any idea from outside of its ideology to influence society, nor does the West accept concepts that are contradictory to their own ideas. The only pluralism the West upholds is a superficial type of pluralism, not absolute pluralism. If the word pluralism is intended to represent the differences in views, perception, intellectual, or political understandings, however, this is all within the bounds of the same ideology, then there is no uniqueness Right? If you're saying that all oh, this is, it is, is only within the same, basically, madahib within the same ideology. That's what she's saying. And that's exactly what the West promotes, just madahib within the same ideology. Once the, you, you question the foundations of the ideology, you get canceled faster than uh, you can tell, you, faster than you blink your eyes. Then there is no uniqueness to Western thought from any other ideological group. Therefore, the West that champions tolerance has no basis for this claim, except mere lip service. They have no right or grounds to gatekeep the idea of tolerance because in reality they do not uphold absolute pluralism, nor does it have the capacity to exist in reality. In reality, nobody, you cannot possibly uh, promote an idea and then promote, equally promote its opposite. In that case, you don't truly believe in that idea, right? You cannot possibly believe in a foundation and then promote the opposite foundation or the opposite to that foundation i mean it's just common sense says that so really good piece there and and she has a lot of nice posts to be honest with you and i just posted a couple onto my page so uh well done for her all right how we doing on um oh is the title different today oh oh here we are Today we are covering the Shema'in. As always, on Tuesdays, we cover the Shema'in. Z is telling me that 
uh, Believer's Hub is Lebanese, mashallah. Okay, Lebanese, Egyptian, mashallah. But she is, um, her stuff is solid. You all should follow, you know, what she's saying because it makes a lot of sense. All right. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. If you like this podcast, this live stream, if it means anything to you, if you find any value in it, then support it at patreon.com backslash Safina Society so that we can continue doing it. If um, you find that it's useful for your drive or that you find uh, any kind of benefit in it, it only operates on on your generosity. As you see, we don't have... I, w- I would love to just have a couple sponsors, right? But uh, maybe one day. Just have some sponsors. But it's actually nicer to see that there's a lot of supporters from the viewership because that's how we, we know we're really doing well. Babu ma jaa fi hayai Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam haddathana Mahmud ibn Ghaylan haddathana Abu Dawud haddathana Shu'ba an Qatadah taqal sami'tu Abdullah ibn Abi Utba yuhaddithu an Abi Sa'id al-Khudri qala kana sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam ashadda hayaan min al-'adra'i fi khidriha so the messenger, peace be upon him, and this is one of the characteristics and qualities of like Western um, uh, culture and civilization that is, it's totally not part of Western civilization. It's the opposite. So we have a concept of haya that there's certain things you should be ashamed of. You should be ashamed of nakedness, like to be naked. You should be ashamed. Um, haya. It's, 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 it's something where you should be ashamed to be too open about certain aspects of your life. Like the, the main identity marker in the West is becoming, or they're pushing it to become sexuality, basically, gender and sexuality and identity. I just saw, I just received an absolutely absurd uh, uh, screenshot about like the official obstetrics organization. You know, every medical field has its... Uh, uh, has has its it's like a conference, right? Organization or whatever. Uh, so I remember the pediatricians have one, and the oncolo- radiation oncologists have one. Chemotherapy has massive one. Cancer has massive one. But this one for obstetrics, it's all about it's, it's just woke politics. Like, what does this have to do with obstetrics, right? I guess it does have a lot to do now that you're having new customers. They should be happy. Right, all these gynecologists have tons of new customers now who are dudes. So that's basically it's just basically all this woke nonsense. So they're making this. They ha- we have hat from talking about these things. You don't talk about these things. You don't speak about what you're interested in 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 putting your body parts into or or having them inserted inside of you. Like you shouldn't even discuss this. So we have concepts of hat. This is where it applies most. Right. Um. This is being killed in the West. It doesn't exist in the West. The opposite exists. It's mocked. Hayat is mocked. Modesty. Modesty in, in revealing your body. Modesty in talking about money. Modesty in talking about uh, what we just mentioned. There, the, these are the subtopics of modesty. You should have modesty in talking about yourself, actually. And we're in a society where everyone's like self-promoting. Now, there is permissibility in self-promoting for your tijara. You are allowed to do that. So a company can't say, you know, use our company. Or he's a lawyer. You can put your picture up. 
and say, use me as a, as a, a lawyer, whatever. That stuff is actually is permitted. It's not haram for you to do. But we see it way beyond this, where it's like constant, nonstop self-promotion. And you're not offering anything. It's not like you're, I'm promoting a service that benefits you. That's where the line is, benefit. If you're offering a service that benefits us, okay, bring it. But if you're offering something that doesn't, and you're just promoting yourself, that's something that we would we would tend to have hayat from saying I, 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 I. Okay. You want me to read this thing? Let me read it for you. Let me read for you this this absurdity. Okay. Here it is. This is from ACOG. They all got some names like this. Axgro, ACOG, blah, 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 Amja. ACOG, not Amja, but uh, that's another one. Uh, ACOG is the, it's basically the association something of gynecologists. Okay. Top news story says, lesbian, bisexual, pansexual, perimenopausal, postmenopausal. I mean, that's a thing, postmenopausal. I think that's a real thing. Everything else was not a thing. All right, physically, lesbian, that's your choice. Bisexual, you just made that up, or that's your behavior. Lesbian, that's your behavior. Pansexual, whatever. Okay. These women, so basically all these, the, every deviant categorization of women, oh, what's they? They're more sexually active, okay, more than heterosexual women. And they had a better sexual function. The heck, how do you exactly, how is this scientific? How is it scientific? According to a survey of 198 female veterans aged 45 to 64. 198 said this is better. That's your, that's your survey. That's your knowledge. That's, this is the association of something, something gynecologists. In addition, depression, anxiety, trauma, symptoms were associated with lower sexual will functions among heterosexual women. Yeah, because we're surrounded with you people. That's why we're getting depressed. Unbelievable. But no such depression amongst lesbian, bisexual, pansexual women. You gotta be lying. This is such a lie. This is a, uh, data presented at the North American Menopause Society annual meeting. Do you have a whole society for this? Okay. Uh, besides that, you gotta be kidding me. Seriously. This is a hundred. You, 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 you did um, 198. You asked 198 people, so you released an email because you found that it's favorable to every deviant type of sexuality or what you guys would describe as diverse or whatever. Nobody even knows half of these words that you're saying. Like, anyway. حدثنا محمود بن غيلان حدثنا وكيع حدثنا سفيان عن منصور عن موسى ابن عبد الله بن يزيد الخطمي عن مولى لعائشة a servant of Aisha said that Aisha said uh, that Aisha said ما نظرت إلى فرج رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم I have never even gazed at the aura of the Prophet peace be upon him okay she never even looked at it not once. That's the hayat she had with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Yet these people, all they can talk about these days, musrifun as Allah says in the Quran, they cannot stop. 
all they have is one subject, which is al-furuj, basically, private parts. That's the only subject that they have in their life now. Because you all went for it in the haram, so you're not satisfied. You have to just go for it. With, uh, uh, the, they go when you, when you drink salt water, you keep getting thirsty. And that's what the haram is for us. It's like drinking salt, salt water. You'll never be satisfied. Never be satisfied. You don't see someone looking at, let's say, um, a zina or pornography casually. There, it's either you're addicted or you don't look at it at all. Why? Because it's drinking salt water. It's, it's drinking, it's having salty food and then wondering why you can't ever be quench your thirst. And that's what the haram is. That's the nature of al-haram. The ulama said there are many types of modesty. One is a modesty in kindness. When someone approaches you, you should be ashamed to be rough with them, basically. All right? For example, uh, the Prophet ﷺ was ashamed to tell the Sahaba to leave his house after his walima. He had a walima for his marriage to Sayyidah Zainab. And the Prophet loved Sayyidah Zainab. And he, this was his wedding night. But they kept staying and staying and talking. And you know that he, this is not the day for this. And this is not the person to do this to. The Messenger of Allah ﷺ. So what would he do? He would get up, he would go outside, right? He would do something, he would come back, and they stayed sitting. Then he would go outside again and wait, and they would come back, right? Then he would come back. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahu la yastahi min al-haq. Allah is not ashamed of the truth. So he says, if you come to the messenger, peace be upon him, eat and leave, right? Don't sit mustanisina al-hadith, just sitting and enjoying the conversation. Why? This messenger is not like anybody else. Number one, he has too much hayat to tell you to leave, to signal to you to leave. Number two, this is the messenger of Allah. He has a lot of things to do. So, al-istitnas bil hadith and chit-chatting is not going to be from his agenda. There's something that he can do. No one had more hayat than the messenger, peace be upon him, such, such that he never even told anybody no. We read that last week. Another type of hayat is in ibadah. When you do ibadah, when you do acts of worship, you have to really be uh, humble in this ibadah. Ibadah should not be like with your feet up in the air and in a cocky position. How is there humility in that? It shouldn't be rushed. It shouldn't be while distracted. If you came and your boss asked you to, uh, to have a meeting or a very successful rich person asked you how to have a meeting, and says, I want to give you something. Are you going to be texting while, while that's happening? So, al-ibadah while doing awrad, it's a lack of hayat. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, texting or being distraction while doing your awrad. Lack of hayat. Lack of hayat is also that you only ibadah is while you're driving, for example. So Allah is not worth your time to sit down. We should make istighfar from this. That the only time that we do any ibadah... Now, driving, obviously, you could make use of it by doing ibadah and dhikr and awrad while driving, but that's, that can't be the only time. That's as if saying there's no, there's no time for you, except when I'm driving. We should have hayat from that. Like We should be ashamed. So These are all types of... Then there's the hayat of the self, which we mentioned earlier, that we want to cover our bodies, that we wouldn't say certain things, that we wouldn't um, discuss certain aspects of our lives. Like your money, no, it's not a business to anyone to discuss. And this is today now, 
It's a thing. People have no hayat. They just talk about money, their own money, all the time. Other people's money, all the time. It's too much. It's like excessive. <clears throat> so the, the, another type is the deepest type is the hayat in your soul, which is that you should be embarrassed to be covetous of things of the dunya. Now, certain things are of the dunya, like a nice big fat house, for example. That you should have hayat from that from that type of covetousness of of the the minor things of the dunya. Now, marriage is not of the dunya; it's not considered of the dunya. Marriage is not considered that. So, uh, wealth that you can need to spend upon your family is not considered that, right? So, there are certain things that are not considered of the dunya that you may desire them. But if it's a covetousness that's a distraction from Allah, they should be ashamed of that. That's a type hayat inside your hayat al-batan. That is a hayat that's inside of yourself. That's very heavy. Right? That's very heavy and it's very deep level of hayat. Right? The ulama gave two meanings when they said the Prophet, peace be upon him, is more modest than a virgin in her veil which means that she, it's, a, it's a girl that um, she's never been with men. She's never seen, she doesn't know the world of men. Okay. And, of course, in the old days, they used to be bashful in front of men. One time, Sayyidah Khadija narrated a hadith in which an old man came and told them that the last prophet is going to come to this city. And the girls looked at each other and ran away like, why is this man talking to us? We don't know you. Like, why are you talking to us? Are you our dad? Are you... They found what he was doing completely rude and offensive. The fact that he's talking to them like this. Then he said, and which one of you would like to marry him? They screamed and threw things at him to discuss the topic of marriage when we don't know you and you're just a strange man to us. Sayyidah Khadija said about that, all the girls became angry and threw things at him while I knew in my heart it would be me. And then she said, years passed and I forgot about it. But that's an example of uh, that. That is how about the women, Allah mentions them, the two daughter, the, the, the daughters of whom it is said to be Shu'aib, Abu Madian. Abu Madian means the, the, the one who lived in Median, the city of Median. And then, Sayyidina Musa got them the water when they couldn't get the water because it was surrounded by men and they wouldn't jostle with the men. So Sayyidina Musa went in and some of those men were rude and according to some versions of the story, he fought them off. And then he said, let these women drink, get water for them for themselves. And they got water for their whatever they needed. And then he went back and sat under the tree and he said, Rabbi inni lima anzalta min khairin faqir. If anyone wants to get married... He should recite this. If anyone wants a job, he should recite this. If anyone is starving for food, he should recite this. If anyone doesn't have a house, he should recite this. And in general, anyone who has a serious need in life, he should recite this. Rabbi inni lima anzalta min khairin faqir. Oh Lord, my Lord, I am uh, for what the goodness that you sent down, I'm in need. The goodness that you have, I'm in need of it. Okay. One of them came walking with and she said, My father wants to compensate you 
for what you have done for us, of getting us to the water. And while they're walking, the wind would blow and her whole figure would show. And Sayyidina Musa would have to lower his gaze. So Sayyidina Musa said, let me walk in front of you and you just tell me go left or go right. So that he wouldn't even see her figure. Let alone her skin, her nakedness. So coverage for us is, it's both that the garment is neither loose, uh, sorry, form-fitting, nor transparent. These are two conditions. We don't consider it coverage. That's the meaning of coverage for us. And it's disgusting now. Even guys are wearing um, really, really tight sweatpants now. Like really tight. And short shorts too. Tight. I mean, seriously, the Prophet, peace be upon him, once he made ta'ajub, ta'ajub, and he said that there will come a time where the, the people of markets, meaning civilized people who have business and trade, will walk in the markets with their thighs showing. And the Sahaba thought that is insane. Showing your thighs, right? Even Nelson Mandela, if you go back and you watch uh, the movie about Nelson Mandela, one of the demands that he had is that I want from the South African government, I want them to send me, uh, I want us to send th- them to send us pants in the jail because they were wearing shorts, right? And like, you're humiliating us by making us wear shorts. Bashfulness is natural for girls, especially the girl who doesn't go out much. Why? Because a guy, he's got to go out and he's got to, uh, he's got to jostle in life. That's the nature of life. You got to jostle in life. Well, a girl doesn't have to do that. She should be provided for. <clears throat> Some ulama have said that by the girl who is, who is indoors or covered or she doesn't have to go outside and jostle in life, that girl is meant who is brought up uh, in that way. Of course, because not everyone's brought up that way. I mean, today, girls aren't brought up that way, and it's not necessarily like a, a flaw in the sense that what, what is a girl going to do in a suburban home all day? Nothing good, I don't think, right? What is she going to do all day? Like, you got to come up with something busy. So she's got to study, learn, do something, do activities. I haven't seen someone healthy like a healthy mentality and a healthy life way of living that just sits home all day. So there are ways now that we're going to live where people are going to be active and out while also maintaining hayat. And I, uh, I've, this is how we live. It's how we live in our community, right? You, you, you have activities in your community center, which is the masjid. You have physical activities to get your energy out. You can't sit around at home all day. Back in the olden days, there was nothing outside except... Well, things weren't necessarily safe outside and the climates were harsh and there's, there's a reason they live like this Allah knows best maybe there are communities out there where they do they did find a way and the girls are super happy and they just stay home all day right? but I just don't see how that's healthy for a man or woman these days there's got to be activity but there has to be modesty with activity you can be active in life but modest so that's why he, I'm uh, I didn't expect him to mention this, but he said that, that this is for uh, those who live that way, who are brought up in this manner. And many families, he says, observe this. And that's true, in, especially uh, in decades past. I'm not a fan of um, cross-decade comparison. What is the point, right? 
They lived a total different context than us. The question is, what would they do if they lived now? That's the, and many people say this about the Sahaba. Oh, did the Sahaba do this? Did the Sahaba do that? The negation of the Sahaba, the not doing something, is not a proof of anything. It's not a proof at all. The question is, you know the mentality and the purpose and the way the Sahaba lived. What would they have done now? Right? That's the question. If they were in this situation, what would they have been like? How would they have acted? That's the question you have to ask. By looking at how they made decisions, not what decision they made. What decision they made is based on 99% things out of their control. All of us are handed a deck of cards in life, right? That's your century that you're born in, the decade, the family, all the things that you're born in, and you make decisions based on that. They were handed a whole different deck of cards in life. Their qada and qadr is something totally different. So they're going to make their decisions. We're going to make our decisions. But the question is the purpose and the method. That's the question. The second meaning the ulama said is that fi khidriha, meaning the one who is, is veiled or away from the people, is metaphorically that modesty shown by a virgin girl on her first night is evident. Okay, And then he says, it is sad that this does not exist in many Western-oriented circles today. Forget modesty. There aren't even virgins anymore, right? Unless you're part of some religion. How, why would there be? If you don't have a religion, why would you limit yourself? Guys are, and girls, explain to me. Give me one reason, justification. What normal person, if God hadn't brought down a punishment for this behavior, why they wouldn't have done it? There's no reason for it except belief. Believe in Allah and we, we, we believe in his prophet. And this prophet said, don't behave like this. And the Quran says, there's a grave punishment in society in this life and in the next for those who behave like this. That's the only reason. We should admit when something's the only reason, right? You, I, I can't stand when people try to admit something like this rationally. Oh, it's not good for you. Uh, okay, yeah, all that after the fact, right? That's fine. After the fact that we admit that the only reason we're not behaving like this is because God has prophet says so. Otherwise, every human being would want to do this all day and all night. Drink wine, drink champagne, commit, you sleep around. All, that's, what, that's what natural human beings would do. Otherwise, why would Allah come with severe prohibition on it? Severe prohibition to match great desire. Intense temptation. No temptation, no prohibition. General prohibition. Is there a prohibition on intaking defecation and licking it? No. It, not specifically, but of course, in general there is. In general, it's prohibited to ingest najasa. We know that in general. But there's no verses explicitly stating... Do not drink your urine. Do not lick your defecation. All that stuff. Because no one wants to do it. So there's a, a scale. Insofar as we're tempted to do something, the prohibition is severe and the punishment is explicit and graphic. And the warning is great. And the verse even says, don't go near it. Don't even... Don't go near it, let alone to do it. Don't even go near it. But there, where there's disgust from the human being, there doesn't need to be a pro general prohibition is sufficient. Where human beings are generally disgusted from doing something. Okay? They don't need to prohibit it. The natural modesty of the Prophet, peace be upon him, it was not possible for him to have told his guests to leave. 
So the prophet was bearing it and trying to give them a signal by leaving the house and coming in. The most informal and intimate wife of the messenger was Sayyidah Aisha. She was, she was informal with the prophet, peace be upon him, and we see this in many cases. And she was direct with the prophet, and she was open with the prophet, and she was just a free spirit, completely. Yet she also had hayat. So free-spirited does not mean immodest. And she said she would never look at the awr of the Prophet, peace be upon him, out of hayat. Whereas in the sharia, it's allowed. There's absolutely no prohibition on this. Okay. And some ulama have even um, talked about not avoiding it because if you limit it in a society, a person may desire something halal he, lim- he limits from himself what is halal and as a result may fall into the haram so don't limit what, a, the pro- what Allah didn't limit this is khususiyah in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it's something special to the Prophet peace be upon him that she's just saying that that's how she behaved towards the Prophet she did not say that this is an obligation are you allowed to raise your voice over another person's voice yes you can but not over the Prophet's peace be upon him so there are a lot of things specific to the Prophet if anyone calls you while you're praying, do you cut your prayer and go? No, you finish your prayer and go. But if the Prophet would have called you, you say, Assalamu alaikum, and you go. Or you answer him, do exactly what he asked you to the fullest extent, and return to the prayer having never salamed out. That's actually a fatwa, a ruling. Yani it's all hypothetical because obviously the Prophet's not going to call any of us again. But that's what they said. That answering the Prophet, peace be upon him, because this happened to a Sahabi. The Prophet called on him while he was praying two nafidas. And he's, the Prophet said, why didn't you answer me? He said, I was praying two nafidas. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, did you not hear Allah saying, answer the call of Allah and his messenger when they call to what gives you life? Which means that to answer the Prophet is superior to your own prayer. Your own prayer is nafidah. Answering the Prophet's fard. That's your messenger. It has more rights over you than your mother and your father. Your mother and your father, they give you life in this world. Do they guarantee you afterlife? Following mother and father does not guarantee you afterlife. Following the Prophet guarantees you eternal life. So he's more important to us, for us to obey than our mother and our father. This is important because especially now in Thanksgiving and a lot of questions coming around that my parents, they're not eating halal food. And it's a tough situation. But we say that the uh, 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 obeying the parents is fard. It, but disobeying them is also fard in certain circumstances. But you have to disobey them nicely. Disobeying the parents is fard if they're asking you to do something haram. That's the truth of the matter. Okay. Disobeying your parent is a fard if they're asking you to do something that is forbidden. That's how simple it is. But you have to do so in a nice way. How do you do so in a nice way? Ask people who've done it before. Don't ask. It's not a textbook thing. Every parent's going to be different. Every adult is going to be different. Every youth. If you're the youngest child, it's very different than you're the oldest child. These youngest kids, they get away with murder, right? Youngest child of the family, third child, fourth child, fifth child, they get away with absolute murder, and the parent laugh it off. The oldest child, it's like the parent overcooked it, overly strict with the first child, because he's like the sets the, the bar, that's the bar. The oldest kid is like the bar of, of the highest level of parenting, and the youngest kid is like the lowest level of parenting. And in between that, that's like what the parent really believes. 
right? But he sets the, the first limit on the first kid. These poor kids are burned to the crisp. And then the other kid is left raw. He's never told anything. It's tough, but that's the reality of things. So nobody could just advise you. People have to know your situation, know the temperaments of your parents, know your temperament, know the actual background that you have, the history that you have with them. That's important too. What's your history with them? Are you like the best kid? Or are you like always causing problems? And now you're religious and causing problems, right? In their eyes. That this is just another type of problem that you're causing. Because some people are like that. They're problem childs. Then they get into the dean and the parents are like, oh, here we go again. This is his latest phase, right? So nobody could just say how it's to be done. You have to ask people who've done it before. You're not the only person whose parents have asked them to not eat halal meat, okay? And there's a lot of people who have techniques. They're going to share them with you. They, they go and they buy the meat themselves. That's one of their techniques, okay? They cook it themselves. They buy it themselves. Or they go in and they bring their own food with them as like, not like, I'm bringing my own food, I'm eating. No, like when people get together, one person makes a salad, one person makes this, that, and the other. That's a lot of ways, how, a lot of times how families go. So that's the idea when it comes to um, going to family's house where they don't eat halal. Unfortunately, I can't, there is no outlet for you. You have to face the awkwardness and toughen up. And being toughness is something that we don't do to ourselves. We let Allah bring it to us. And this is your challenge. This is how you're going to have to, to mentally have the toughness. But on the outside, you have to really make sure you also never upset your parents because there's a lot, a lot of, of loss if you anger them, even in matters of deen. But so, so the content of what you're doing will always upset them. But the way in which you do that can make it far worse or better, right? So one of the ways, like as we said always in negotiations, you never want to argue over one thing. So you never want someone's experience to be with you to be one thing. So you have many things. So you could spend hours of the day with them making them happy in many different ways and this one issue just gets tucked in also you have to look at your own anytime you go into some awkwardness you got to look at your own vibes your own situation are you coming in tense if you're coming in tense and everything like that then it's going to be tense but if you're coming in like relaxed and just your 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 uh your massage or your vibes are like really relaxed you spread that if you come in tense about the issue, everyone can sense it. And you create a tension that you could cut with a knife. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this. And that is the struggle of a lot of people in our communities and our societies. So they got to, inshallah, try to figure it out and, and, and deal with it and do what's right. And back in the day, there was a time, back in the day, Thanksgiving was treated like haram, right? Because it's a non-Islamic event but it wasn't also a non-religious event it wasn't a religious event either so that's where it's just eating a certain food that happens to be available and there shouldn't be anything forbidden or sinful in that nor is it recommended the family part is recommended the gluttony part is makru how's that for the answer on and eating the turkey there's there's nothing right or wrong about it Neither is it mandub for you to do, nor is it, can anyone say it's haram for you to do. Maximum makru, because you should be differing with the non-believing culture around you. Maximum, right? 
um, and that's if we take that in general. But usually scholars take it in specific. You're supposed to differ with the non-believers in religious matters, right? That's another approach to differ with non-believers from you. you be, against, be different from them or be distinct from them in what marks their, their philosophy, their ideology, and their beliefs. Whereas Thanksgiving is not much of that. But the gluttony part is definitely makru. Uh, okay. Even the Messenger وسلم, had haya on this, and he said that, or she described that he would close his eyes when he was intimate with his wives, right? Out of haya. But to tell you that this is the, what the Prophet وسلم, did, and this is something khas for him, this is not necessarily. This is not the ruling. He's not stating a ruling here. The ruling is that between husband and wife, there is nothing haram except a dubur entering from the back. Mean not from physically the back, but from the anus. Uh, For penetration of the anus, this is the only thing that is forbidden. Even when the Prophet took a ghusl, the prophets always made sure his private parts were covered all right and that's it for this chapter next chapter is on hijama hijama is a nice practice that i did uh, a couple times and i really actually felt a bit lighter in the morning uh hijama was good it was a good practice uh, i'd do it again i do it all the time if i could uh it's not painful you just sit there and they take a warm glass cup they warm it up on a candle where it's warm but not too hot and then they put it onto your back i can't remember because i really couldn't see how it was done but that cup is there and there's something holding it there something pushing it down and that you end up when they they do this like six times on your back then they take them all out when they take them all off actually they don't take them off right away they just they unsuction it and lift it a little bit then they take a, a little blade and scrape a couple scrapes on your back and then they put it back. So all the bad blood comes inside this cup. And they do that over. And it's supposedly the idea behind it is it sucks out the, the, the heavy and the bad blood. That's the idea. But my, my thing is, I don't care about this theory, but let's see if it works. That's my thing. So... Care whatever the theory is, let's see the, the the truth of the matter will be does it work? And I'm telling you, I was waking up the next morning a lot lighter and a lot fresher for the next like five, six days. And then it wore off. I'm probably due, I'm gonna do it soon, inshallah. If you can get um someone to do hijama for you. So cupping is different than hijama because cupping is there's no cutting involved. They don't cut. But in hijama they, they do some slicing. And then all of a sudden, um, uh, it, I mean, without realizing it, the, the cutting scars go away. Like maybe within a few days. How does it stop bleeding once the cup comes off? Because the slits are really light and then the bleeding just stops. It's really sl- subtle slits. I enjoyed it. You get to sit there and you just wait and, and the result is really good. 
to be honest with you. All right, let's take uh, open QA now. Who or what do we have going here? Diti uh, Satera Esra. Didi Esra. I'm trying to say, and say this name properly. Don't, don't worry about it. It's actually, it does not feel painful at all. There's no pain in it at all. I don't know if we have a, do we have a local hijamist? You know two guys here? Why don't you get registered? Get trained. No, I'll bring my mom. She'll train you. She's a doctor. Ew. Yeah, I don't want to do that <laughs> No offense to anyone who has that. But re- really, you should, you we should... Rem- how? You can do yourself. On your leg? Yeah, on your, maybe on your arms and legs and your forehead. And but stuff. I don't know if it's the same. Forehead. Well, I don't I know if it's the guys. same. Last time I went and did it, I was with these guys. This is one guy, Algerian dude. And yeah. And he, uh, he was getting it done on his forehead, on his ear. On his chin. Forehead? Yeah. Scraping the skin? Why would yeah. you do that to yourself? You get infected if you problems. do sujud. Nah, he had problems. Head problems. Oh, he was having headaches. He was having all types of problems, yeah. Oh, he I see. Well, he should shave his head and do it on the did. scalp. Yeah, he did. He did. Mm, that's okay. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, hijama. So, I don't know who else is out there. We got to find people out there. All right, I just did it with my mom. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those things that I'm a believer in, like uh, certain these basic things to always do them. Like I didn't. It's harder to do hijama than basic things like stretching. Yeah. Like, um, like there are certain basic things everybody should be doing all the time, and they should take it seriously. If you don't, you're not going to have good health. Yeah. Like if you don't walk intensely. And my, my exercise of choice is walking uphill on the treadmill, like severely uphill on the treadmill. It's better on your knees, right, than running. It's, it's good for your legs, for, for your lungs. People got to stay physically fit. Super important. Hmm? Super important. Yeah, and, and it's just like the basic stuff. Like I remember the, um, I forget where it came up. Yeah. But someone was saying like the imam of a community and this could probably extend to Muslims in general, is like, you should be fit. Like, you shouldn't, you should be someone worth following. Yeah. Not someone who's, you know, your dean is put together, but your your stomach is huge. Or something yeah, like, that's know? not acceptable. Yeah. Because some people say, uh, you know, don't, don't make fun of these people, but wait a second, Allah didn't create you like that. You ate, right? Uh, and yes, some people, their metabolism is different. We have to admit that. We have to admit that. But we can't say, that this is something you physically cannot change. You can change it. And it's not uh, really to put anyone, make them feel bad, to be honest with you. But it is something we have to say that it can be altered. You can physically alter the way you look. It might take effort. And our society is doing this thing where like, oh, like, uh, what's it called? I don't even know what it's like. Accepting everybody. like big. Oh, my God. Well, the, the, you know the value of that is we don't, I go to Target now. Sometimes you end up in the wrong aisle. You don't have to lower your gaze anymore. Yeah. The, the the posters they're putting up there is the they don't have the standard of beauty that normal people have anymore. They're trying to warp that, so it's it's helping me. It's helping a lot of Muslim guys, right? That this is not there's no uh, they're putting up what we would have in the past considered not attractive yeah. uh, people, right? So fine with me. 
in that in that regard, right? Yeah. I wouldn't I don't accept mean. it for anybody I love, though, because you're going to have knee problems. You're going to have Thank cholesterol. Thank you. Yeah. Like, if your kid was on that route, you would say, Big problem. no, we got to talk. Yeah. Right? We got to talk. Because also, there's cholesterol problems. There's uns the unseen part of the bodies. Yeah. There's the physical aspect and, like, the obvious things. Like, I could tell, like, it's going to be too much on your knees and, and what have you. But there's also, uh, and there's a the family part. This could be fitna for your wife. I was thinking yesterday, like, when that, that rodent was, I encountered a rodent. Yeah. I had to jump. I hurdled it. Yeah. I was like, if I was huge, you couldn't. I wouldn't be able to have hurdled that rodent. A lot of times, salah. You know, is an issue. Yeah. Sujood and rukua, right? You don't want to be um, deprived from that. Stretching to me, I haven't. Uh, uh, there, there, there's, there's some hardcore stretchers out there, and they claim that this by itself is one of the most important things in physical fitness. Like I haven't gotten into the hardcores. I just gotten into regular stretching, like all the time, but not the hardcores. All right, Muhammad Munaim has been asking this question. YQ, Yasir Qadi said, taking out interest-based student loans from the government is haram, but not necessarily sinful if there's no other alternative. So it's basically fatwa of permissibility. What are my thoughts on that? I can't give you fatwa on the permissibility of it, to be quite honest with you. But he said it. Am just said it. I'm not in the position to say it. I just teach you what rulings are, and I direct you to muftis that I am aware of and, and, and recognize. So, But I can tell you that Amja did permit that from their fatwa. That's fatwa. Their ruling that the circumstance is different, therefore it's not sinful. Ozma says, I've had hijama a couple days ago. I feel great. I feel lighter. It takes all the toxins out of the body. My stomach feels better. My liver area feels good. So I need, I'm, I'm due for a hijama, and you should try it all. I think Sheikh Murad's got people in Azad, He knows? I think mm. he's got people in North Jersey. We need this. We need someone in the community to be certified or trained. I, That's I, it. I wouldn't tell anybody that because I don't want to touch anyone's back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't like touching people, don't do it. Yeah, not like that. Yeah. But for my like, family and stuff. Like yeah. That. All right, let's see what else we got here. Is it okay to have a female pen pal as a man? No, it's not. It's not. Today is Tuesday, which is my day on arcview.org. Sign up for arcview.org and start getting classes. And I've been telling you guys that the website's going to be redone. It's actually 75% done now, the website. It's going to be redone. Uh, which is the immediate website that you see. The teaching, the classes are going to be, um, that, that part of it is going to be the same. All right, next question is from M-Star. People who live with you, who do not eat halal food, they can now say they're vegan. <laughs> it's more acceptable to say that then to tell somebody that you're not eating their food because it's haram because there's a massive you know like implication on haram and halal versus I'm just a vegan save our souls says no one even answers salam let alone spread the love astaghfirullah and apologies 
Oh, they're talking to somebody else. I'm sorry about that. Didi says, who are we giving thanks to in Thanksgiving? There's no thanks. We thank Allah Ta'ala all day and all night. These people thank Allah once a year by stuffing their faces and then buying stuff the next day. How does it make it make sense to me, right? And then they all buy stuff the next day, and then Saturday and Sunday they sleep around and watch football, and then Monday they buy everything on Cyber Monday. What shukr is this? That's your version of the shukr, is to stuff yourself? Why don't you fast? Anyway, pointless. There's no, there's no uh, even point in going that route. Some scholars say we can make up Miss Sunnah prayers. It is okay. You can do that within the day, though. Not more than that. Why? Because it's recorded that the Prophet did that on the day and not beyond that. He made up some nafila that he used to do after Dhuhr. He made it up afterwards. Abdul Hadi says, in the same way that we have evil eye in Islam, is there good eye from pious people? Yes, there is. What is the good eye of the pious people? These pious people have gotten themselves accustomed that every time they, their eye glance, gazes upon somebody, they make dua for them. Until they've done that so many millions of times that the, upon glancing upon somebody, their heart is always uh, seeking good for them. And Allah knows best. How's the marriage website going? Has it been successful so far? Yes, and the first wedding is actually set in December. The first Mawadda-based wedding is set in September, uh, uh, December. And it's um, uh, one person is from here. The other person came to the Mawadda event from New York. That's how they met. Am I conducting the wedding? If my schedule permitting, I'll, I'm conducting the wedding. If not, I just attend What is the preferred way to make dua in sajda? With desperation. That's the most important. With intensity. With desperation. In the language of your... uh, In your mother tongue if you have to. If you can't express yourself in Arabic. I wonder if someone made hajj and they had to shave their head, right? Then can they do hijama? Because I believe you need to have shaved your head, right? To do hijam for people who get headaches. Yeah. Yeah. Muzammil Khan, what do you what are your thoughts that creep in what do you do with thoughts that creep in your mind saying Allah won't respond to me because I have sins? Knowledge will help you with that because Allah Ta'ala doesn't not respond to somebody because they don't have sins. He does not respond to someone if their wealth and their food is haram. So why is that so important? Because you how you earn your wealth is really a reflection of what you do in the society. Right? What you do in the society, that's how you earn your wealth, right? So if all day your earning is in a way of harming people or forbidden in the Sharia, then you're committing sins all day and all night and you're you're spreading sins all throughout the town or the, 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 the society. So that's the type of person who doesn't get an answer, Right? So Allah Ta'ala, by knowledge, He does not answer you just because you have sins. And secondly, what are the categories of sinners in Islam? This, who is the sinner in Islam? The sinner is the one who refuses to repent for his sins. But the Prophet said, Beautiful, beautiful hadith you must all know. The penitent, the one who is penitent from sins is as if he has no sins. 
I hereby make Toba from all my sins. Therefore, you are as if you are not a sinner. You could have spent all night last night committing sins. And then you sincerely say, I'm going to stop this. I repent from this. You're not a sinner in the sight of Allah. How beautiful is that? Any recommendation, recommended du'a for marriage, as there always seems to be obstacle in the way, things proceeding when the process looking because of one reason or another? Yes. Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqeer. That's what you want to say. Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqeer. Save our soul says there's point at because of neck. Back of neck. Prophet said that there are certain things running through hormones as by modern science too that in the back of the neck is very good to do. That's what he says. Or maybe it's a she. Nobody here should be upset that what we said about the weight because some people can't control it in terms of metabolism. And some people are were never given the consciousness. And in many places, they, they're never given a consciousness that you you're physically are um, not well because of the food, that the fast food that you eat. And they can't afford anything beyond junk, right? Junk. Like, that's what they can afford. So, um, but we're simply saying that it is very good to be lean. And the Prophet ﷺ did see a big stomach on somebody. And he said that would be better on somebody else, right? Meaning the poor. Meaning you eat so much, the poor. It'd be better on the poor people, right? Distribute some of that food that you eat too much of to the fuqara. Okay. In our times, if we wear clothes that go below the ankle, is it permitted? It's only forbidden if you're intending arrogance or being better than somebody okay um, and I don't think anyone does that anyway the prophet was talking about the robes and in the ancient times of the Byzantines and the Greeks the long robe was a symbol it's something that doesn't exist today right nobody goes around wearing this long robe but if you go to any ancient depiction of people Roman times Greek times Byzantine times the long robe that was the that was a thing that was a thing. And that was what the Prophet forbade. But it was very clear that the Prophet forbade it out of kibr. If someone's doing it out of kibr. Are women allowed to do hijama? Yes, they are. I recently learned, as per Hanafi fiqh, Women are encouraged to pray Fajr right as it comes in. Men are encouraged to delay Fajr. Is that due to Hayat? Allahu Alam. What I know about Fajr is we're supposed to wait a little bit to make sure it's in. And the Imams of the mosque should recite from the Tuwal al Mufassal, which means the length of surahs from Hujurat to Abasa. That's the length that they should recite. Like those surahs, Surah Al Hujurat, what is its length? Three, four pages. Abasa, like one page. That length, four to one, one to four pages of length, because people will come late, and it's dark, and they may have overslept, so they can catch the prayer. And it's only two rakas. Meanwhile, or whereas, if you had recited Nasr and Nas, the prayer would be so short, everyone would miss it. 
My family is not Muslim, says Sarah. If I order a pizza for everyone, and then they come and they say, add pepperoni to it, and I pay for that, is that sinful for me? You have to work your ways around that because it technically would be, for example, if you were to say, here's my card, order me a plain pie. And then you were to walk out of the room. Then they ordered what they ordered uh, without your knowledge. Maybe you'll be innocent in that respect. Allah Adam. But we wouldn't, we're not allowed to pay for something that is haram for us to eat. That's the technical ruling. This is, this is not necessarily about rulings, this issue. We know have to know the rulings. But it's mainly about finding ways to, 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 to live with this and to, to get around it. Or, here's another thing. Here's another thing. Openly tell your family what your religion is. Openly tell them, this is what I don't do. I don't do, not, it's not a lot of things. Khalwa, pork, alcohol, non-halal meat, touching the opposite gender. It's not that hard, right? I'm not doing it and I'm not paying for it. Problem is a lot of Muslims are gentle. And there are a lot of Muslims out there, some people out there, probably a minority, but they're, 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 they're outspoken. They're loud members of the family. And they simply say it as it is. This is it. I'm not doing it. And I'm not paying for it. And don't ask me to, inv- and don't invite me, blah, blah, blah. And they're, they're a bit rough around the edges. But they get the job done. So you got to see what works for you. Rai, how do you handle it? Your mom's super open-minded, right? So when your core family, they're fine, but when like you... If, like, so Italians, you know, it's a uh, kiss on the cheek and a hug, the cousins and everything. So mm. I just, like, stay in the bathroom or something or, like, stay far away. Like, just, like, float around the other guys or Yeah, something. that's like, rough. It's tough when you're greeting people. Which side of your family is Italian? Your mom? My mom's side, yeah. 100% Italian? Yeah. Or mm. Italian and Irish. Okay. Like, yeah, a lot of Italians there and stuff. So that part... And they're tough because they're in your face. What? Yeah. They're the in-your-face type. They're like, they look at your plate and see what you're eating and not eating type. Yeah, but that, that, that part's fine because my mom's vegetarian. Alhamdulillah, I love me, but that part easy. Okay, that's she, fine. She got that already for 30 years. Wow. So it's, I don't have to deal with that. She did the work. She put in the work for that. Okay. Alhamdulillah. The biggest, the biggest problem is the gender interactions. Stuff is not uh, up to par. Yeah. Like even Muslim families don't, don't observe this, right? No, they don't. Cousins, khalwa between cousins and all that type of stuff. Well, yeah, most, I should say, most Muslim families. Yeah, some. When, when the cousins and the in-laws, those are maybe not, uh, the khalwa maybe not, but uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. And then also the, like, sometimes on these holidays, mm-hmm. it'll just be like the, the food's done and now you're just sitting at a table and everybody's super drunk. Or something. Really? Wow. And then at that point, you just got to leave, too. Because yeah. it's like the, the only thing about this is drinking and being drunk. There's yeah. nothing else in this you know, part. So every everything. And sometimes the whole gathering is about that. You just can't go to those gatherings and stuff. That's, that's really weird, though. Like, the idea of being drunk in your home. Don't you mess everything up? Everything gets, like, broken. And no, it's just laughing. 
I'm just laughing and stuff. One time it got super dark. My uncle was talking about like this this crazy stuff when I was a kid, but just like physically dark or the like the mood was dark. Himself and like oh, tell, wow. telling us to put his body on a boat and set the boat on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's so red though. We were all little it's kids. Crazy. Were, I, after that, I was like, "Yo, this is this is wild." That's crazy. Yeah, that was at a funeral too. Wow. So, but this stuff is. Some point at some point it's just nonsense, and you just have to be away from it. Yeah. Well, the the I think a lot of the uh, millennial kids with their cell phone addiction have they've managed to be antisocial. Yeah, my cousin he he go to the basement and he won't come out the whole time. The whole time, and no one will say anything. No one will say anything. Yeah. What are the limits of worship during menstruation? Can she go to the masjid? No. Can she recite the Quran? Yes. If she is a student of knowledge, memorizing the Quran, she can touch the mushaf. If she is a teacher teaching the memorizing the Quran, she can touch the mushaf on height. If she's not a teacher or a student, but she just wants to worship Allah, she can recite the Quran from a tablet, an iPad, not the Quran, because she doesn't have wudu. She can make any salah on the Prophet or dua. She can wake up in the middle of the night for a salah on the Prophet, dua and dhikr. All that is permitted. She cannot go into the area of salah of the masjid. Okay. What's your advice for someone looking for a job? Wake up very early in the morning and start applying. Get dressed in your best clothes and go out and try to apply for jobs. All while reciting, Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayhi min khayrin faqir. But if you sleep in, kiss it all goodbye. Ibrahim, where can we find the lesson on Madiki Madhab you talked about yesterday? They'll post it on their website soon. Abdul Hadi says, does Islam have a concept of be careful what you wish for? You might just get it. 100% it does. There are times of ijabah and there are moments in which a person's word will be answered as it is. So be very careful of that. Are these people who are getting married from Muadda, are they from NBF? Yeah, sometimes I see them on coming on NBF. Which website are you referring to for marriage? nbic.org forward slash Muadda. Levon Brown says Thanksgiving in America in certain communities have been a time to take care of the traveler, look after the elderly. That's how it should be. Meet the greater family members. That's how it should be. Black Friday has never been something that was part and parcel with Thanksgiving. Black Friday is not a reflection of the people or this tradition. For every person rushing into a store on Friday, there's 10 people enjoying their family and learning their family history. I think to me, to be quite honest with you, my favorite week of the year is this week because it's all it's it's a nice vacation right especially when i was working in connecticut it's a nice vacation but it also heralds the 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 introduction to the real vacation which is winter break right so it's a it's a short vacation with looking into and also the snow starts coming down and that's my favorite time of year personally what is the meaning of it means that do not ask about questions fatawa if you're going to get the answer to it that you can that you cannot practice, right? Then you shouldn't have asked it in the first place. Don't ask questions that you can't act upon, essentially. And the Prophet said the worst of someone who keeps asking questions and it's made haram just because of that. If he had left it, it would have been halal or it would have been up to people to discuss, right? So that's the the the, the meaning of that ayah. Don't ask too many questions. 
Take the deen as it is and practice it to the best of your ability. Of course, we're saying don't ask questions on little minor details that are not explicit in the sharia. If it's explicit, we got to learn what our religion is. There's no doubt about that. Any recommendations for dua of marriage? We mentioned that. We have a class in the masjid and sometimes if women are not praying, they talk quietly among each other while the Qur'an is being recited. Well, generally when the Qur'an is recited, we should be listening, as mentioned in the Qur'an. Is it wrong to put the Prophet's name next to Allah's name? No. Well, Allah himself did that. La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. It's the same sentence. Wedding dresses can be extremely long. That's fine because the prohibition does not apply to men. Uh, to women, it only applies to men. Alodi says, I wish we had this vacation in the UK. Oh, they don't have this type of thing? They don't have Thanksgiving over there. Thanksgiving here... Yeah, they sent the means. They, they kicked off the pilgrims who were like religious extremists. We probably would have kicked them out too. If you are on Haid... Can you make sajda? No, you cannot. Sajda is part of salah. It requires wudu. But you can make regular dua. Happy life, Sa. How would you lose weight if walking every day and eating healthy doesn't do it? Um, you have to see the people who, who are good at losing weight. And it really has to do with the, the, the diet, I'm sure. More than exercise. From what I've heard. Because we had a we had a weight loss movement here before COVID. All of us, huh? Michelle Obama is all about this, right? Uh, we had a weight loss movement to the point like some of these people looked sick. They looked ill from how much weight they lost. It looked like this place looks like a cancer ward now. I'm telling you, people were getting so th- because they were following a guy out in California. He's he got to, he's got a website and he teaches people about macros. All of a sudden, you got these people coming over to 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 dawahs and and to invitations and to dinner parties with a scale. Are you kidding me? You came to my house with a scale. Get that scale off, and you eat what I put in your plate. Could you imagine in the old days? Uh, one of your amus, one of your uncle sobs, one of your guests comes in with a scale, and he's weighing the food, right? And then, but that's what they all did. Macros. They kept talking. It's a big long philosophy that I'm not going to get. I don't have time for that. Just give, give me certain things to cut out of my diet and I'll try to cut it out. That's it. But anyway, it worked for these guys. And they all just, within one year, they got super skinny. Right? And some of these people, it's like, you look sick. If you're going to lose that much weight, you have to lift to fill in the skin. Melody 21 says, Allah loves to hear the servant ask and be in need, not only in need, but in greed too. Because you're basically saying, Allah, what you have is so wonderful. I want some of it. I can't, I'm, and I'm going to ask the true owner of it. How do you make up towards uh, sins towards your parents? By being good with them. By being good with them. And if they died, then make dua for them. Can I wash man's ihram with scented washing powder? Yes, you can. And you could put on scent before you put on your ihram. But you can't put it on after. Is it possible to make the, ask the Prophet Muhammad to make du'a for you? Allah Alam. 
we know that the Prophet is making dua for us anyway. It's in the hadith that he Nick says if we should choose a wife based on her religiosity and do not have chemistry with the girl I am with should I continue? no you should not not at all okay no uh, for Nick Scott when you talk you need to have chemistry you're going to spend your whole life with this person you need to have chemistry that's the purpose of talking okay that's the purpose of getting to know each other and you don't just pick someone for the a girl for religiosity only for piety only you pick her for attractiveness and for some chemistry between you okay so there's nothing wrong with considering those you should consider those I like this name misorganized chaos she calls herself I like that a lot of it's organized chaos. Uh, I guess everyone's desk. Uh, Sense and Medic says, when doing wudu, should you wash your face in a way that takes off your moisturizer or splashing water enough? It, you must have a light rubbing as well. Light rubbing may or may not remove whatever oils you put on. You are not required to push hard and scrub, scrub, scrub. That's not what you're asked. Just a light rubbing of every inch of your face along with the splashing of the water that's sufficient for the wudu that's how you make wudu i think the hanab the hanafis though do not have any requirement of rubbing the face they don't require that so they can actually just do this under the sink and as long as they get wet they're they're game dino says can you answer my q on instagram dm when you get a chance inshallah we'll do that Nabat says, do you have any suggestions to keep up with your revision for the memorized part of the Qur'an? Yes, join a group. Get a group. Teach kids, right? Form a, a crew or, or be part of a Hivs Academy where you all can get together and do revision together. It's much easier to do it together. And when you see these kids memorizing more than you, it makes you want to Oh, when you see the kids outdoing you. Okay. Do you think people should learn the outspoken style, such as Muhammad Hijab? I generally think that you got to find a way to make people know what you believe and what you can do and what you can't do. The method of which you do it is based on what makes you comfortable, right? But you can't go on living a double life. I'm a Muslim. I don't, I don't eat this meat. Nobody knows it. It's too stressful for you, right? It's just not the, it's not natural to have that kind of secretivism. It's not practical. People should know what you're all about. That's it. Where can we find the previous du'as if we miss hearing it? Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqir. And there's a whole uh, YouTube video on it. Sophia says, in Morocco, it's very common that women who wear hijab outside don't wear it in their house when their family and cousins come in. Yes, that's that's very popular too. I've seen that um, all over uh, Egypt too. Shua says it's very common for women in India and Pakistan to not wear hijab. 
UNC front of male cousins and uncles as well. What's the what does UNC mean in internet lingo? Okay. Bushra says Hanafi difference of opinion on reciting and touching the Quran. They cannot recite nor touch the Quran. I believe they don't have that rukhsa. Fatima bint Abdul Rahman says, How do you not feel guilty for not proceeding a proposal based on someone's health conditions which they relayed later on due to fear of not proceeding? Have to be honest from the outset, right? Yes. First of all, there's absolutely no guilt feeling in not marrying somebody for any reason. Okay? They have zero rights over you. And guilt in Islam, it's yes, I, I, don't, I might not like... Uh, hurting someone's feelings breaking his heart but that's not guilt guilt is I have abused the right of that person they have no rights a guy's proposing he's the happiest dude in the world he can't wait and you don't like him why? because I don't you have no obligation right? let's see if I understood her question how do you not feel guilty for not proceeding a proposal based on someone's health conditions so so she's basically saying later on they admitted to a health issue and she wants to break it off you should have told me in advance but how do i not feel guilty of it about that um it's them who did that they should be the ones feeling guilty they're the ones who put you in this position right that's a great way to do it Displace it. Feeling guilty now, would you rather feel guilty for the next two? By the way, you're going to forget him as soon as the next suitor comes. Okay? is that? And he's going to forget you as soon as he finds another woman. You rather go through that? It's going to take one month. By, by 40 days, it's all forgotten. Or go 40 years. How You can't, you can't base 40 years. She's definitely not going to base 40 years on, on not making someone feel guilty. Right? Or feel sad. So... But how do you do it? Tell your mind, he's going to love the next, he's going to fall in love with someone else as soon as, as this is done with. It's tough. If someone is lo- loves you and you're, and you're not loving them back, I guess I can understand that, but go find somebody else. You got to keep telling yourself that. Alodi says, A. Lodi. Lodi, I think, is the last name. It's in Urdu. What advice would you give someone looking to get married? The best way to find the spouse, to be honest with you, classes, circles of knowledge. Because circles of knowledge is, is where people are, this like-minded people are coming together. And you know exactly how they're going to live their life. That's why the circle of fiqh is one of the best ways. Because we're going to live our lives the same way. We respect the same authority. How long is it okay to speak with someone when seeking marriage when parents are already involved? You can meet with them as many meetings as you need, as long as those meetings are in the halal. And I don't. And I highly re- recommend. I highly recommend not, or, or highly discourage, getting on uh, text and WhatsApp. It doesn't do any good. What's the best dhikr to revive the spiritually dead heart? The dhikr of La ilaha illallah in the thousands of times a day, uh, a thousands of times a day. Uthman Aq. This is also known as Az also known as the Wizard of Oz, how to deal with newly married couple if one finds they have a terminal illness or life-changing disease. 
that's going to be tough. That's really tough. Like you marry someone and in the next in the first six months, you realize that they have um, a severe cancer that's going to last the next three years of your life. And then they're going to die. But statistically, that's really tough. It goes back to the person, to be honest with you, and his advisors. Are they going to say, okay, halas, we, we, we can't continue this and we're going to have a divorce or, or I'm going to stick it out with this person. Uh, I'm going to be loyal. And that means the next five years of my life is supposed to be the happiest, right? I'm going to be a nurse. Then I'm going to be a widow. Then I'm going to probably try to redo it all over again. And now, by this time, I'm older, and I'm married once already. Tough situation. Tough situation. Okay. Tariq says, how do you reconcile the Mawlid and Muslims having two Eids? Yes, the Prophet said we have two Ummah-wide obligatory holidays, meaning that it is Fard Kifaya, communal obligation to uphold these holidays, and it did not say that it is forbidden. There is no statement in there forbidding celebrations, even if annual celebrations, but they're not at the level of the obligatory uh, communal obligations of those two aids. Just like every school, every hip school has an annual memorization of Quran celebration, right? Nothing wrong with that. Had enough. I never got a link to the ArcView WhatsApp group. Go check the email that you should have received as soon as you joined ArcView and you should have it there. What was the pagan Qurayshi beliefs in Tawheed? The pagan Qurayshi beliefs was that Allah Ta'ala created the world, but to work to get near to him, you worshipped his daughters, which are the angels, or that you worshipped idols. Sorry, not his daughters. They said the angels are daughters of Allah. But they worship these idols in order to draw near to Allah and they would ask their needs from the idols. They would not ask their need from Allah. The Prophet said, who do you call to? To a mushrik. He said, I call my idol. He said, what happens when you're uh, drowning in the sea? Who do you call to? He said, then I call to Allah. He said, you only have one God. It's Allah. Right? So in the real serious matter, who do you call to? Call to Allah. Osama al-Sankari. By the way, who saw Saudi's upset of zionist loving messi that was fun to see the, the messi's face in his hand that was fun to see and i was surprised that all the names of the saudi players were actually saudis i thought they would have imported a bunch of professionals from different countries but no the actual saudis uh, are the ones who were playing the game most of the team they're actual saudis you know these a lot of these countries they import a lot of players so they just give them citizenship anyway Usama al-Sankari says, is it allowed for someone with a better recitation to lead the prayer over someone who knows more Qur'an? It would be valid, yes. And anyway, it's not about who memorizes more Qur'an, it's about who knows more fiqh, who has more fiqh. Women are being told, you're being too picky and letting a good man go. You need advisors. You need the people who know you, your sisters, your brothers, right? Because that is, or sorry, not your brother, your sisters, your mom, your aunts. Um, it, it's not something that is far-fetched to say that some women and some men. I've seen a guy, this guy, he had it all. He had it all. 
But one thing he didn't have is anyone to talk sense in him. And he went his entire 30s not married. And just rejecting, 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 rejecting. Suddenly, he was getting rejected for being too old. So, uh, I think that you have to actually uh, have advisors talk to you and uh, and tell you, like, where you're being. It's too much. Like, what... At what what is the line of being too picky? What's that line? Who's going to determine that line? It's got to be you and your family and the people who are um, close to you. Those who are looking, says M Star need to be open and honest about health issues from the beginning of course that's necessary and you should your wali should have asked that question the wali of the girl should have should have done the interrogation part um i need to see your credit score to see if you can rent an apartment and rent a car whatever i need i need to see your health your medical report okay and i need to see your tax returns you you submit that stuff to any job that you take right so I need to see that. You don't want to, you don't want, you think that's, that's too much? No, no problem. There are a lot of other girls. Go marry, to the, go apply to them. Abrar says, I heard it's wajib to disclose vitiligo. You're going to make me go to Google. Go to Google dot, uh, tell us what does that mean? Vitiligo, like dizziness? You're only obligated to disclose that which will effect, affect the intimacy between the two. Huh? So, white patches of sin? Yeah, you, you, would, you would only really need to disclose the things that would affect intimacy. If it would affect intimacy, then you should disclose it. So, for example, if the person's face will one day be half white and half brown she might not like that so you would disclose that if you have a problem with your reproductive organs you have to disclose that if you have an std you have to disclose that if you're in debt for five hundred thousand dollars and you can never maintain her financially you have to disclose that because that's your obligation that's what's understood you're you're bringing to the table these things you're bringing to the table maintenance we expect you to be alive in general. So you tell me I have stage four cancer. That's something we got to know that from the beginning. Or that you have a, a problem with your reproductive system or your, or your skin or something like that to the point that she may be unattracted to you at that point. You have to disclose that. On the women's side, it's everything except for the maintenance because that's not her obligation. She doesn't have to maintain, maintain you. She can be in, in debt and that doesn't affect her obligation. She has no obligation to give you any money in the first place. Okay. Does that make sense? Levon says, people must think. This is what older people have to go through in marriage. Many times spouses and children are dependent, are dependent upon to take care of uh, the health of their family members. Mm-hmm. 
Is that a jubba or a suit coat? I'm going to leave you in suspense about that. Okay. Can young unmarried Muslims of the opposite gender be friends? No, they cannot. Young as in four, five, six, seven, maybe. Beyond that, no. Because the Allah has set a boundary that renders friendship with them impossible. Tell the believing men to lower their gaze. And tell the believing women to lower your gaze. How can you have be friends that you can't look at each other? Hey, what's happening? How are you? It's not going to work. So that's something that Allah told us in the beginning. Amani Khalifa, is it okay for women to do the background check themselves? Yes, yes, no problem. But it's just easier to have somebody ask the hard questions for you. That They could say, for example, you could bring an imam. You can bring in a member of the community and say, I need you to ask him for these documents. The background check? Oh, checking his Instagram. Yeah, you, you, oh, you could do that. Yeah. This is his public life. So you can go check his Instagram and see what kind of person he is and see who's liking and who's, who he's he answering on the Instagram. Is it allowed for... Okay, I've said that one. Dealing with emotionally abusive in-laws, says Hamida. Constant argumentation, drama, kathib, lies, interference in my life. Stay away. We don't cut family members off, but we can protect ourselves from harm. Stay away. No problem with that. How would you guide us to go from being boys to men? Yes, hang out with men in the masjid. Uthman is going to get himself bent. <laughs> he says, watch Sheikh al-Islam Andrew Tate. <laughs> so Nick Scott, I would say, hang out with other men around the masjid. Okay. Get a job, get married, you'll become a man. That's it. Three things. Hang out with other guys who you admire, like guys who have a job, guys who are uh, respected. Hang out with them in the masjid. Get a job, it'll force you to grow up. Get married, it'll really force you to grow up. That's how you do it. Assalamu alaikum. Was the intro to Madiki Fik recorded? Yes. Uh, I I was stuck in surgery. So, so hey, are you a surgeon or are you receiving surgery? Maybe he doesn't want to say. But I respect doctors. I think they're the one, some of the best students of knowledge. What's the best way to purify your heart and soul? It's a big question. But the first thing is study ilm. Study what Allah wants us to do internally and externally and what He wants us to avoid internally and externally. A sister wants to get married at Umrah but there is no mahram. I don't get it. She went to take a trip of Umrah for Umrah. She got proposed to and she wants to get married. No, that's not the right way to do things. You barely the Umrah trip is eight days. She's getting this. Does, to me, it doesn't sound right or look right. Okay. Um, how about you say, you like me that much? You want to marry me? Well, go, come to my house. Take a ticket over and fly over to my house and talk to my, meet my dad. And bring your mom and dad with you too, if, they're, if that's possible. And meet my mom and meet my dad. 
right? Explain to me the situation because I'm sort of interested. That was from seeking erudition. Or she's already engaged from her home country and they want to have the wedding at the blessed cities. If your wali can't be there, but your wali approves of that, then he can approve of it from a distance. That's fine. That means, uh, uh, like, I met a guy, we're here in the same state and everything, and we said, hey, let's get married in the Haramain, Sharifain, in Mecca or in Medina. If the wali approves of that, he's approved, then they can go and do it there. That's not a problem. So he says he's a respiratory therapist. He specializes in ECMO. He controls the lung and the heart during transplants. That's, I really respect these types of people, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. These people, they're worth every dollar that they get, the way they save uh, lives like this. What time is Maliki Fiqh today? Today we have youth at 5.30, or youth after Maghrib, Youth class should end at 6.15-ish. Aisha's at 7.30, so we start at 6.40. Right, Ryan? 6.40. All right, 6.30. Let's say 6.30 to be safe. 6.30, Maliki Fiqh. And then Sharh Sahih Muslim. Now we Sharh Muslim. is going to be at 7.45. Are we still getting Hanbali Aqidah videos from Sheikh Yusuf? Yes, we got four of them already. We just have to put them up. We're waiting on him to finish it. Can I give da'wah to non-mahram women? No, this is the big trick of shaitan. The, bi- the biggest trick of shaitan, let me go give da'wah and do islah of a non-mahram woman. I guarantee you it's one of the tricks of shaitan. Guaranteed. We don't give da'wah to them. Let the women give da'wah. There's plenty enough women in the ummah that can do that. Did you ever speak about people who embrace Islam and the same day they get married? This is abuse. A woman becomes Muslim and then they trick her into getting married right away. I've seen this too many times. It's abuse. SubhanAllah. San San Maddox says, what if you wake up five minutes before Fajr? Can you still make du'a? 100%. How long will you be doing these lives on Instagram for? Well, inshallah ta'ala. Inshallah, we make the intention to do it in perpetuity as long as Instagram is a relevant app. You know, these apps are always changing. So Facebook was the hot thing for a while. YouTube is stronger. Instagram is stronger now. Periscope was a thing for like two years. Now I don't even know it exists. But the key is the intent to do da'wah amma to the Muslims in the best way possible. This is what we call da'wah amma, general da'wah. And it's like an online halakha type of thing. And, and whatever the apps that are relevant at the time, that's what we're going to use. And hopefully we hope to bring people on board who are the experts in, you know, where where is tech going? You know, I'm very resistant towards the, uh, those goggles, right? Um, what are they called again? 
like the VR, yeah, I'm very resistant to that. I don't want to see that. Like, I don't want to go into that because it'll make real life seem to be like lame in comparison, right? I, I did it one time. I did it one time a long time. Ago. Yeah. How did it feel? And I was in space. Yeah. I was looking around. I was like, all right. Like, That's it. We're, we're now. <laughs> The kids, that stuff is crazy. I think it's gonna mess them up. They shouldn't go on. Um, they shouldn't go on uh, too too. E- even much. now that I, I shrunk my phone, mm-hmm. I I was picking up someone have the iPhone 14 or something. Like a TV. It it felt like my whole like it felt like a spiritual experience. My whole everything of me was being sucked into. Yeah, that's what that's what it feels like. It felt like I was yep. a magnet, and my whole entire soul was being sucked yeah. into that phone. All your attention is just going yeah, so much in. I highly recommend that in this day and age, that we're in Echad Zaman, everybody sets their alarm every night as a norm for about half hour before Fetch. And don't care. Work, not work, just do it. Don't think twice. You can't think twice. There's no time in life to think twice. You're never going to have the time. So I highly, highly recommend nobody miss out on this blessed time to be with Allah alone. Daydream of Autumn. She's making dua for the MBF team. I thank you very much. We need those dua. Okay, here's a question. Knowing that Allah is just, says Abdul Hadi, why are du'as that may be bad answered word for word during specific times of ijabah? Because that's what you said. You have to be careful. Where's your responsibility? Right? Where is your responsibility? So if you had no taqwa, in the way in which you made dua and no conscientiousness, then why do you blame Allah for that? But Allah does not play tricks on people. All right? Allah does not play tricks on people. If it's something that you 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 made a type of dua without thinking twice, maybe it's a lesson. Think before you make a prayer. But when Allah Ta'ala answers someone word for word and it's bad for them, that only happens if they were being conniving about it. Right? If they were trying to be tricky about it. That's it. When you wash the feet, says Atiq Rahman in wudu, is it enough to wet the hands and then wipe over the feet? If you're Shia, that's how they make wudu. Mas'h. But you, we have to run the water. Like, water has to flow. If you cup your hands and you pour the water like that a couple times, the water has to flow around your foot. Have you ever thought of bringing NBF to TikTok? I don't even know how that would work. Is there lives on TikTok, right? So why don't we do it then? Yeah. The, 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 what I did, the intro to Madiki, the Madiki Method, once they get the recordings and they edit them, they're going to splice them up and they'll put them on whatever channel they'll put them up and they'll advertise it and I'll advertise it already. Okay. Last question. We will take today, unfortunately. What's the schedule of when MBF goes live? 
1.30, Monday through Thursday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Of course, this Thursday, we're all off. Like, all schools are off, so we don't have an MBF this Thursday. So we're, we're on tomorrow. We're back on Monday. Inshallah ta'ala. All right, that's very, very good for today. I highly recommend everybody never forget to be intense in your dua and never forget Allah Kareem. Like this is one of the most relaxing things you could ever, you know, say to yourself, Allah Kareem. And if you want Allah to be generous to you, be generous to other people. And this is one of the, the you know, one of the nicest things about uh, when you deal with Allah Ta'ala is formulas. What you do to this abd of Allah, Allah will do for you. So be generous to Allah's creation. When the poor are asking you or begging from you, be generous with them, uh, be kind to them, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will uh, reciprocate that to you and far better as well. So um, are we able to change our destiny? Yes. Firstly, you don't know your destiny. That's the first thing. So it's in, in a sense, it's a moot point because you really don't know your destiny. You may think you know your destiny, but you don't. You may think something's never going to happen, but it could, right? So you don't know your destiny in the first place. But if you do think you, it's things are completely locked, and even if Allah himself was to tell you this is the destiny, the Prophet ﷺ said, لا يرد القضاء إلا الدعاء. So your dua can alter that. Where does the dua Allahumma jani mujibati Allahumma jani mujabat da'wah Yes, you can make that dua Oh Allah, make me my prayers always answered and the way you do that is by purifying your food make sure your food is always halal Ummi MJ says it is, it's hard in today's world to keep up with friendships is it okay not to partake? It is okay, but it's not good for you. You need suhbah, tayyibah. You need good friends. We need good friends. Isolation is bad. Shaitan could easily attack someone who's in isolation. But you do your best. If we don't regularly pray five times a day, can our dua still be answered? It's going to be decreased greatly if you don't pray five times a day. And the reason of that for that is that when Sayyidina Zakaria's dua was answered, look at what Allah says about him. It's every single time it says while he was praying, while he was praying, while he was praying, while he was praying. Salah is the fastest means to have your prayers answered, to observe your five prayers. And that's the best place to, to make dua, in the sujood of the five prayers. If one does jahr in salah where he isn't supposed to, would it require sujood as-sahu? And the answer is yes. It would require sujood as-sahu. If you make a dua, uh, 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 if you recite out loud, what should have been silent? Silent, what should have been out loud? It requires sujood as Brothers and sisters, Jazakumullah khairan. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Wal asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-ladhina amanu wa amilu salihat. Wa tawasaw bil-haq. Wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.